Welcome to Kentucky History and Haunts. I'm Jesse Bartholomew, and today I'm going to start a new series, and I'm going to come back to it every few episodes, I think. And it's going to be about badass Kentucky women. So I'm starting with a woman who was a nurse, and her name was Mary W. Arvin. Margaret Willie Arvin was born on April 21st, 1879, in Henderson, Kentucky, which is west of Owensboro, across the Ohio River from Evansville, Indiana. Her parents, William and Betty Arvin, had seven children, and Mary was the oldest. And really, we don't know a lot about her early life, or I couldn't find much about her early life, until 1904, when she graduated from the School of Nursing at the Owensboro City Hospital, which is now a University of Louisville nursing school. And after she graduated, she took a job in Memphis and worked there as a nurse for a while. Uh, She was accepted as a member of General Samuel Hopkins Chapter of the National Society of the Daughters of the American Revolution. Such a mouthful. Um, That's, you might know it as the DAR. I have to admit, I only knew what that was because of Gilmore Girls, because Rory joins the DAR. Um, Anyway, she was actually a descendant of General Samuel Hopkins. So she was kind of just on a normal path, you know? I think a lot of women were doing exactly what she was doing. And then in June of 1917, Arvin decided to join the American Red Cross and was stationed at the Harvard Unit Base Hospital Number 5, which was mostly made up of doctors and nurses from Harvard. This was one of six Red Cross hospital units that was specifically intended for Army service. The Red Cross was actually a pretty small operation, and the war is really what propelled it into the massive organization it is today. According to redcross.org, quote, By the war's end, nearly one-third of the U.S. population was either a donor to the Red Cross or serving as a volunteer. In all, 20 million adults and 11 million youth claimed membership in the American Red Cross, and more than 8 million adults were volunteer workers. And in the war years 1914 and 1921, 296 Red Cross nurses died, and 400 Red Cross workers total died. I was thinking about this, and I I read an article that mentioned it, and I think one of the strangest things about being a nurse stationed overseas for the war would be trying to understand the triage system how they basically had to relearn how they were prioritizing patients. So instead of trying to treat the people with the worst injuries and, you know, save their lives, which would be so, like, ingrained in you, I feel like, they had to work on the least injured people so that they could get them back out to fight. Because the British Expeditionary Forces, and I'm sure everyone else, was obviously seeing that they had strength in numbers, They needed the bodies out there. Anyway, I was just thinking about that, and it would be a very unusual learning curve. But according to the Army Nurse Corps Association, quote, U.S. nurses worked on surgical teams, hospital trains, hospital ships, and in all sorts of hospitals, field hospitals, mobile units, base hospitals, evacuation hospitals, camp hospitals, and convalescent hospitals. And ideally, the goal was to have one nurse for every 10 hospital beds, 
That is not how it went, though. And in fact, at one point, one hospital had 70 nurses caring for 5,000 patients. Yikes. Right around the time Mary Arvin joined that Harvard unit, they were sent overseas to France to support the British Expeditionary Forces. And things started out okay. She got to work, see the sights, meet new people, attend social events, and their unit even had visits from the British royal family. But things started to go downhill. Their hospital was attacked on September 4th, 1917. It was a German night raid, and those who died ended up counting as the first American battlefield casualties in World War I. And here's what she wrote about the attack. Quote, The Lord was certainly with us. While there were a number of our patients wounded from the bombs, our adjutant and three of our American boys were killed and several wounded. There was not a nurse hurt. So I think we escaped very lucky. It was a beautiful moonlight night around 11.30. I was sitting here in my ward at the table when I hear, oh, such loud reports, one right after the other. It shocked me so that it knocked me right out of my chair. One of my patients hollowed to me, saying, Sister, lie flat on the floor. I said, No, I must go over to the other ward and see if any of the patients are hurt there. Just as I started to cross over, I looked up and saw the airplane crossing very peacefully over. I thought to myself, oh, if I just had a big gun, you would never know what happened to you. There were five or six bombs dropped altogether in different places. I saved a piece of the shrapnel as a souvenir. In November 1917, her unit was moved to a different part of France where they would continue to serve until the end of the war. But before that, in June of 1918, they were hit by another German night raid. And she wrote again about this night. Quote, I do not know whether or not this will pass the censor, but the very night that we had our dinner, after we had returned to the hut, we were raided. I cannot tell you about it, but you can imagine the rest. No one in the unit was injured. Oh, how I would love to tell you everything. The next night, the colonel came in to me and said that I was the heroine and was to be decorated with a medal. They tell me that my name will also be put in the dispatches. I told the colonel, I didn't deserve all the credit. I only did my duty, stuck with my patients, kept them under control, and tried hard to keep cool and to keep my head. I didn't for a minute let them know I was frightened. I don't think I could have managed them if I had. It tore things up considerably, but thank heaven not one of my patients was injured. Only a few scratches. So no casualties that time, which was good. But... Sounds like she was just a bad bitch in reaction to a, an awful situation. And the higher-ups wanted to celebrate her for it, even though she was pretty humble about it. So she was awarded the French Cross of War, the Croix de Guerre, one of only 28 Americans to receive one. And she also received a letter of commendation from General John Pershing, which read, quote, My dear Miss Harbin, Please accept my heartiest congratulations and sincere appreciation of the fine work you did on the night of June 30th, 1918, when your hospital was a target of German airplane bombs. 
Your presence of mind and courage in quieting your patients was, under the circumstances, deserving of the highest praise. I am proud to have, in the American Expeditionary Forces, a nurse whose devotion to duty is of such high character as yours. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know I said at first it seemed like a pretty good gig when they first arrived in France, but daily life for these nurses was not really any better than for anyone else there. They were often working in very cold, wet, muddy, dirty environments. There wasn't always access to good clean water, and forced blackouts made it difficult to work or enjoy any recreation time. Some nurses died of influenza, pneumonia, tuberculosis, and they were constantly surrounded by some major doom and gloom. So the war came to an end and Arvin's unit stayed on until January of 1919 and she arrived back in Henderson by March of that year. And she was a local hero upon arrival. She gave talks and made guest appearances at lots of events. And in November 1919, she got to go to D.C. to accept her British Royal Red Cross Medal from Prince Edward. And she also received the U.S. Army's citation for exceptionally meritorious and conspicuous service from General Pershing. And she was one of very few American women to be honored by all three major allied countries, which is so cool. So once she settled back in Kentucky, she took a job with the Red Cross as a welfare worker in Hopkinsville. And after spending a little time there, she moved to Florida, where she took a nursing job and married a World War I veteran and real estate agent, William Tiller. Sadly, he died not long after they were married, but she did remarry in 1932 this time to a man named Robert Sissons, who was also a World War I veteran. Her second husband passed away in 1946, so Mary Arvin returned to her hometown of Henderson, where she passed away on September 9, 1947. She was buried in Fernwood Cemetery. In 2006, she was commemorated as part of a Kentucky Women Remembered series, And her portrait hangs in the Kentucky State Capitol Rotunda. And in 2010, an historical marker was added by her grave. According to the PBS article, American Nurses in World War I, quote, over 22,000 professionally trained female nurses were recruited by the American Red Cross to serve in the U.S. Army between 1917 and 1919. And over 10,000 of those served near the Western Front. And according to the article, Nurse Mary W. Arvin, written by Whitney Todd for Explore KY History, Arvin was the most decorated female Kentucky veteran 
from World War I. To wrap up, I just wanted to quickly thank you all so much. Uh, a lot of you have been sharing the podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, giving it shout outs. So thank you, thank you. That is really the easiest and best way for new listeners to hear about the podcast. So if you're not following already, it's at KY History Haunts on Twitter and Instagram. There's also a Facebook page, Kentucky History and Haunts. And my email address is kyhistoryhaunts at gmail.com if you want to suggest a topic or tell me your ghost story and I can share it on the show. If you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts yet, when you do that, tell me what part of Kentucky you're from. I love to know where my listeners are. So thank you all so much and I will be back very, very soon.